Hello and welcome to the Gatewatchcast. I am your host Norman Sanzo, and joining me today is Wilson. Hi. So welcome back, Wilson. Um, where were you <laughs> last week? Uh, I had some stuff I needed to do, do um, some errands and work. So I'm excited to be back this week. Awesome. So I'm bringing a new topic. Ah yes. So what is the topic for this week? Uh, the topic for this week is temporary, temporary exile effects. Ah. And this is also regarding for the new commander rules. Yeah, it's not. It's quite new. Still new. Yeah, the new commander rules. So, so um, let me explain about um, the new commander rules. So everyone knows about the new commander rule, which is uh, now commanders have die or exile triggers. But um, there are some uh, details that people don't really uh, look for when they are listening to this rule, which is when a commander, let's say, dies. It goes to the graveyard first, then before state-based effects are checked, uh, the controller may choose whether or not to put it into the command zone. So previously it was when your commander is killed, sent to the graveyard or exiled, it will have the replacement effect on the stack before it goes there, right? Uh, it doesn't go on the stack, oh, sorry. it's just a replacement effect. replacement effect where you choose whether or not to put it into command zone or you just put it into your graveyard. So um, usually it's just directly going to the command zone usually because you can recast it. But uh, there, are the, there are some other um, effects for this new command rule. So the first one I'm going to be talking about is Grass of Fate. So uh, people use Grass of Fate a lot. Mm -hmm. Grass of Fate is 3 and 2 white. Anyway, 1 and 2 white enchantment. When Grass of Fate enters the battlefield for each opponent, Exile up to one target non-land permanent that player controls until Grass of Fate leaves the battlefield. Mm -hmm. So um, this is changed due to the commander rules. It's still it's still this effect, but um, there's a method that's changed for this a ruling for it. Oh, okay. so you, let's say um, I am playing a four-game commander. Uh, I cast Grass of Fate, and my opponents all have their commanders out. Mm. And if it were the old commander rules, Grass of Fate, I, I choose and I choose all three of their commanders. Uh, Grass of Fate can uh, allow allow them to put it back to the command zone due to the old commander rulings. Mm -hmm. And if my Grass of Fate is destroyed by opponent's um, enchantment um. Um, removal, let's say enchantment removal, so their commanders can immediately come back from the command zone. Now this is confirmed by a number of judges. It's also confirmed on the MTG uh, Magic Judges block. It says that when um, it is exiled, they track where it goes instead of where it, it where instead of where it's supposed to be. Oh. So it let's say it says Grass of Fate, exile up to one target non-land permanent that player controls until it leaves the battlefield. So it tracks uh, let's say I put it back into command zone, they track it to the command zone and once uh, Grass of Fate leaves the battlefield, it comes back. Oh, that's very confusing. It was very confusing. So a lot of people did not like that trigger. However, now it's a bit different. So Grass of Fate, Banishing Light, let's say, Cast Out, Fairgrounds Warden, Excellence by Name, Prison Whelm, all of them have the same effects, which is uh, when it enters the battlefield, Exile Target, maybe Creature or maybe Non-Land Permanent, until it leaves the battlefield. So those effects, usually are one-line text. It's not like Oblivion Ring, where they have two-line text saying, uh, when this card enters the battlefield, exile target creature, 
and then they have a leave the battlefield effect when this uh when when this enchantment leaves the battlefield, uh this return target uh return card return the exile card from exile into mm-hmm. the battle- battlefield. So it's a bit different now. Um so what I wanna say is with the new commander ruling, because it tracks it once you exile it, it will first go into the exile zone before going back to the command zone. So it was tracked to go into the exile zone first. Then if let's say you are confident that you can destroy it, you can bring it back, uh, you can put it into the exile zone instead of putting uh bringing it to command zone. So grass let's say grass of fate, I exile three of their commanders and they put all of them in two of them put into exile, while one of them put it back into the command zone. If someone destroys the grass of fate, the two of them who put it into exile will bring them back, but the one that put it into command zone won't bring it back. So this is uh, the new current rule then? It is interpreted as such. Alright. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that, that was very confusing because you need to know the game inside out. So, like, I, I especially in Commander, because Commander has its own, quote-unquote, own rule set. Yes. So, that... For the longest time, I got no idea when uh, a friend of ours told me that, oh, did you know that uh, Banishing Light has this ability in Commander? And I was like, wait, what? I'm so confused. How? Wait, what? This doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, uh, the current rule set makes things go back to normal. It does. So, basically, the replacement effect does not exist for the Commander cards, right? So when your commander dies, it goes to the graveyard or exile zone first. Yes. And then you have the option to uh, move it to the command zone. Yes, it does. Alright, so that's one of those things that people might not know because some people, uh, they didn't know that's the rule because what, you have the Elendra, the Dark Rose. Yes, Elendra who has the uh, dying triggers. Uh, It's practically overshadowed by those um, commanders that actually die like Chavalara, mm-hmm. Rolesk, um, Elendra as, as you said but I think this is a very important ruling now because a lot of people think that they can bring uh, bring back the commanders uh, if they destroy the enchantment which in reality doesn't work that way anymore it happened to me like um, a few weeks ago when I was playing with my own play, with my own play group where my I exiled with Grass of Eight, but mm-hmm. then my well, my friends destroyed it, and they thought they could bring it back. When oh. like, no, 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 new commander rule. Ah, I see. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, anything else to add before I uh, chime in on my thing? Uh, sure. You, you nothing else. All right. So, uh, what you mentioned there was very interesting, and there's one thing I've heard from the Commander podcast, which is a really good podcast that you should check out. But uh, they mentioned Rune of the Hidden Realms. It uh. is a two green, white, blue. Uh, legendary creature Rhino Soldier 4-4 has Vigilance Trample and pay 2 generic tap exile target creature return that creature to the battlefield under its owner's controller at the beginning of the next end step so uh, it sounds similar to Graphs of Fate and whatnot, right? so um, yeah. one of the things is that okay uh, the first part like exile another target creature that's its own ability and then the delay Base effect or delay? It's a delayed trigger. Okay, the delay trigger effect is on the end step. So, uh, you could use cards that counter the ability, like stifle or disallow. There are a lot. 
Yeah, there's a few, but those are the two that are very popular. And I think we mentioned this aloud in our previous podcast. Yes, we did. Yep. So, so what that does, so what that does is, if an opponent uh, allows their commander to be exiled by rune, because hey, it's going to come back at the end of the turn. So anything of my, sorry, any of my commander's ability that has the enter the battlefield effect will have a bonus for me. So why not? Until someone counters the ability. And then your commander is gone forever. This is a very this this allows you to play mind games with your opponent. Like, does that uh, if they've seen you play it before, they will be like, does this guy have a stifle in his hand? Mm-hmm. Does he does he not? I, I don't know. Then it play it plays with their mind. And yeah. if they do exile it, and if you do have a stifle, <laughs> then you do then you stifle them. Mm-hmm. Or if you do have a stifle and they choose to put it in command zone. Well, they have to cast it again. True. So true. you can just do it again. Yeah. And here's the thing. Um, cards like Oblivion Ring has the same effect that I think what uh, effect or the just the line base that can work for this because uh, Oblivion Ring here says uh, it's two and white enchantment and says whenever Oblivion Ring enters the battlefield, exile another target non-land permanent. When Oblivion Ring leaves the battlefield, return the exile card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So you could stifle this when Oblivion Ring is destroyed. So it's one of those scenarios where if you're playing with a person, you exile their commander. Yep. They can move it to the command zone if they want to, or they could just leave it exile. I mean, it's one of those scenarios where there's a lot of dealing and wheeling going on. Yep. But let's just say the person lets it go to the Com, uh, to the exile uh, zone and you threaten them saying that hey I have a stifle I have a disallow in my hand if you attack me or if you don't do this so if you don't do this for me for two turns uh, I might use this card on the oblivion ring and so on I mean it's me but that's politics yeah politics are supposed to be me <laughs> true true so yeah I think this is a very good card um to politic with if you have stifle or disallow or reduplicate or any of those cards that counter target a trigger abilities it's not even countering it also applies to end the turn effects what do you mean? because when you end the turn everything on the stack is removed ah and it's cleared out oh so you, something like discontinuity discontinuity and also sundial of the infinite so mm. you tap 2 Everything on the stack is was it exiled. Yeah, it's exiled and cleared out. So all damage and all whatever effect are cleaned. So mm. you could do this too. So this is mean. Like uh, we're, mm. we're telling people about mean stuff. <laughs> we should. People should know how mean it could be. Yeah, I mean we're, we're educating. Yeah, we're educating. it's it's one of those things where most of the time people won't be really using cards like Oblivion Ring or Banishing Light. I mean the chances of them using that is pretty slim yeah. because it's most of those cards are run in a very specific deck usually uh, Brago or mostly control style decks and so yeah, on yeah true so to say that this is a game changer not really it's just one of those mm-hmm. things where you could use it as your weapon in your deck building for the future yeah true true so uh, you written down a few cards there so uh, what do you have there man? Um, those cards are just usually uh, cards that are similar to Grasshopping. But if 
it usually is just cast out, banishing light, fairgrounds warden, excellence binding, prison realm. Those are cards that I see that are usually used in um, commander mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because that is um, what the essence of it. True, true. So, <clears throat> uh, do you have anything more to add? Because if you don't, it's kind of a short episode. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to talk about another topic, oh. which is uh, right now is currently when we're recording this mm -hmm. is Double Master spoiler season mm. spoiler season is always my favorite especially when I see cards that I recognize cards that I uh, like reprinted especially since it's a master set mm -hmm. everything's going to be reprinted in all honesty for me personally I kind of hate the spoiler season because that means oh no I need to spend this much money <laughs> <laughs> well of course our pockets will be bleeding right now but I'm still recovering from Core 21, man. <laughs> you bought a box. Yeah, I'm still recovering. You shouldn't buy a box. True, but I did got the, some good values in there, though. Yeah, <laughs> he got a very uh, alternate art. Yeah, but it's non foil, so I, I missed out on that. <laughs> well, I told you to sell it. <laughs> it was $50. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's your favorite card currently when it came out? To, since today is a the 22nd of July, mm. uh, 23rd of July. Okay, so. What's your for, favorite card? for me personally, right, I've always wanted Jace the Mind Sculpt Sculptor. Uh, so Jace the Mind Sculptor is two and two blue, legendary planeswalker, Jace. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole ability text. Uh, there's a picture will be over here somewhere. Yep. And it's one of those planeswalkers that has four planeswalker ability. I think it was the first to have four planeswalker ability? It was. Yeah. It was the first. And I've always wanted this card. Uh, I've thought about buying it from a friend who had it, and it was the core twenty. No, uh, it was the twenty fifth edition, twenty uh, fifth uh, anniversary edition. Uh, Ma Master twenty five. Yeah, Master twenty five. So I was thinking like, oh, I, I really want to get this one from him, but nah, man, it's like this. Exp is, is this much? Is this much? But now it's going to be available in the double masters. So that's going to be something. What about you, man? Yeah, um, my favorite card for this set is yeah, next to Jace the My Sculptor is. Cyclonic Rift. Wait, what did you had a Cyclonic Rift? I sold it, which is why I am quite happy that Cyclonic Rift is reprinted, especially since I sold it at when it was quite high. Mm -hmm. But um, aside from Cyclonic Rift and his his newest art, the newest art is so amazing. Oh, yeah. The alternate art. Oh, even Jace. Jace has an alternate art. So. Uh, Jace alternate art was um, quite different because it's a reprint oh, really? from um, its masterpiece version. Oh. Okay. There was a version of it where it came out from Ravnica, uh, the Ravnica, the Guilds of Ravnica block. They had mid the edition. Mm -hmm. so, um, but actually, my favorite card just reprinted is Sunforger. Oh, Sun. Oh, yeah, that one. Although Sunforger Sun Forger is quite cheap right now to get, but Sunforger is a essential card in Boros or maybe anything that has red and white deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, um, Sunforger is three mana, um, artifact equipment. Uh, equipped creature gets plus four or plus zero. It has a red and a white, unattached Sunforger. Search your library for a red or white instant card with CMC 4 or less and cast a card without paying its mana cost. Then shuffle a library. And it's equipped, it's equipped 3. So I think that everyone knows how good Sunforger is. Sunforger is one of the staples if you are playing a red and white deck or anything that has white and white. And what about you? What do you think about Sunforger? I have Sunforger really in my... Uh, Fire Song Sunspeaker? Yeah but I never had a chance to put it on but still um, I have it and it, 
in a Boros deck, it works really well because it's, it's the card that allows you to have multiple answers for every situation. If a person wants to attack you, you could pay the cost, find a CMC 4 or lower card to give you the answer. Or, if, or my favorite thing is, if a person wants to do something, you could always counter them with lapse of memory. True. Yeah, so you can also find a um, deflecting sword trying to change your target. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those cards that Sunforger is good. And if you're playing in red and white, so you could just, if you have a third color, Jeskai, Naya, and what was it again? There's only two, right? Jeskai, Naya, there's a lot though, like um, Mardu. Mardu, yeah, Mardu. Anything so, that has rare and one. Yeah, so you could use that as your answer there. Because especially if you play in blue or green or even black, you have those options to find an answer for the current situation. So those kind of situations or those kind of cards are awesome. And that style of play, I've done it before in Zur the Enchanter. Enchantress or Enchanter? Enchanter. Enchanter. He's a guy. Yeah. Enchantress is a girl. Oh, okay, so Enchanter. <laughs> and the idea for that one is swing, look at the board first. If there's a problem that you couldn't solve or needs to get rid of, you swing. You take out a 3 CMC or lower uh, enchantment and say banishing light. You take a banishing light and you banish a thing that you don't want on the board. And since it's not cast, people can't counter it. So it's one of those things where it's a free tutor every time you attack. So it's not, I won't say it's not fair. How to say, is it, is it fair? I, I don't think so. It's mean. That's what I say. Not really mean because you built your deck to be that way. So it's not really mean. Yeah, true. I mean, you could build Zerd Voltron if you want to. Yeah, Voltron. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, maybe Zerd will be reprinted in Double Masters. There's oh, a, yeah. But um, I also have a card, good card here. Um, it's called Trinispear. Trinispear. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, I there's a story behind why I like Trinispear, but uh, I'll read you the text for Trinispear right now. Mm -hmm. It's a three mana artifact. Uh, as long as Trinispear is untapped, each spell that will cost less than three mana to cast costs three mana to cast. So let's say I have a land. My opponent has a Trinispear on battlefield. My land and what else that usually cost only one green mana will turn into one one green and two colorless. Or maybe something I have like cast down, which is a black and a, a black and one colorless. It will become a black and two colorless instead. But so isn't cast down it's a two mana card. Yeah, but isn't cast down uh minusing the cast No, it's uh destroy no. Oh it destroy target legendary uh -huh. non legendary creature. I was thinking about something else then, right? Yeah. So the reason why I like Trinispear is because when I... Uh, there was a story behind this. I was in Singapore and I was playing my friend CEH there. Mm -hmm. And I went first. And it was, since it was CEH, usually you mulligan until you get a good hand. So I, I mulligan to five. Mm -hmm. And I got a land, mana vault, and Trinispear. Mm -hmm. A mana crypt, and then Trinispear. And I was like, hmm... I play. I play turn one land, mana crypt, Trinispear. My opponents all all, sh all conceded. <laughs> I'm serious because all of them told me that 
they had one drops in their hands <laughs> and mana crypts and mana vaults and mana crypts yeah and those mana crypts had to pay for three now and they had they said they had the win cons in their hands and like ah uh, okay so Trinity Spirit is one one of my, the cards that allowed me to win on turn one I have turned two wins before but never on turn one it's one of those cases where this is what happened when you play CEDH nobody's ready for that kind of shenanigans ah uh, yeah it was all luck to be mm. honest because I did not have any lands in my first three hands mm. so um, what's, what's what are your other favorite cards so some of the cards that I really want in this set are doubling seasons yes doubling season uh, some of the commander reprints uh, we got what Brea, Atraxa, Kalia. Yes. We, we talked about Kalia last week, so you can just imagine why I'm very excited for Kalia. So there's a lot of cards in here that can make really good commanders. Even you got what? Uh, Reach the Redeemer. Let me read for you guys what this says. Reach the Redeemer. It's a hybrid green white, legendary creature, Elf Warrior, 1 1. It says pay 2 and hybrid green white tap. Create a 1-1 green and white elf warrior creature token. The other ability is 4 and 2 hybrid white green. Tap for each creature token you control. Create a token that's a copy of that creature. So basically you can elf ball all the way through. Like if you play with doubling season, instead of creating 1 elf, you create 2 elves. And then when you use the second ability, instead of creating what uh, another two elf? You create another four elves, something like that. Anointed procession. Oh, and then uh, parallel lives. Oh, oh god. Quad, um, how much is it? It first doubles, quadruples, then I forgot what's the times eight. Oh god! Like still one of those cases where, yeah, th there's a lot, but there, there's some here that I really enjoy. Like I just want it because it's one of those cool scenarios. Well, sneak we attack. Ah. Sneak attack is fun, yo. Yes, especially if you emerald well Ulamog and <laughs> I sneak attack with Ulamog and Emrakul before. Not not in this not in EDH but in others. You know I'm thinking right. Yeah. You could play this with um uh Menomai the Sphinx. Oh Menomai. Yeah. So uh I don't have it with me now, but could you kind of find it? Middle my right? Yes. Yeah, sure, no problem. So, um, the idea for that combo is, uh, it's been done before with the God Pig. I forgot what was it again. It's uh, much different from um, the combo, um, Ilhart the Race Boar. Yeah. Um, but this uh, Ilhart the Race Boar essentially says, um, it's, a five, it's a 3 and 2 red, it's a 6-6, six, six. it has Trample, a legendary creature. Um, the first text is, more, the second text is most important. Um, when Ilhard the Race Board attacks, um, wait, let me see. I forgot. I forgot the name. I forgot the yeah. Hmm. Ilhard the Race Board. When Ilhard the Race Board attacks, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Tap then attacking. Return that creature to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah. So basically, with the extra turn, you could just call Medomai again and again and again and have infinite turns. Yeah. So the idea is still the same. So anyway, uh, what was Medomai again? We didn't really talk about Medomai. Uh, Medomai is a four and four and white and a blue. It's a four four legendary creature Sphinx. It has flying, and it says whenever Med Medomai uh, the Ageless deals combat damage to a player, uh, take an extra turn after this one. 
um, Medomai, the Ageless, can't attack during extra turns. So um, what you're thinking, uh, I know what you're thinking, but I don't think it works. Really? Because it says it had it, it doesn't go in directly uh, put in attacking. Unlike uh, Arrowhawk or Race Ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad then. But still, uh, having sneak attack there is fun. Like, yeah, true. Uh, if you have something big like a new Lamog or even one of the cards I'm also excited it's in an artifact it has uh, a very mean card like Steel Colossus for 12 <laughs> Trampled Infect and Indestructible so basically I swing you you go uh, I, I want to cast this thing out I spend one red I put in uh, Black Steel I swing you for Infect <laughs> Also, um, with sneak attack, mm -hmm. we had we said just now about uh, end of turn spells. Mm -hmm. If you have end of turn spells, like let's say discontinuity or sound of the infinite, you can sneak attack something in, and then sound of the infinite ending the turn, and the trigger won't, the delay trigger won't go onto the stack, and you keep the whatever creature you put on the battlefield. True. True. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I like I, I like it a lot. Like. Too bad it isn't legal in modern. What, the Blight Steel or Sneak Attack? Uh, the Sneak Attack. Uh, Blight Steel, I think, is legal, I think. Uh, Alright, well, what's your card? What's your card? Well, my favorite. Now, the next card I'm going to talk about is one that is. But is a much needed reprint, really. Um, it is. Where is it? Court of Calling. Ah! Funny enough, when I saw Court of Calling in my collection, because I was a guy who played in the M15 set, I was looking at it at first and then thinking, this card is too expensive. Like, I can't really pay the cost to kind of use it in a meaningful sense. Unbeknownst to me, I could just pull out anything that I really want that can help with the situation. Well, you don't really play green. Uh, yeah, true. But if I do play green, uh, which I do have a deck today that I have green this. Uh, I can spend the mana and pull out uh, who, who, I'm, I'm forgetting the creature's name uh, what does it do? untap everything untap everything? yes a green creature? yes it untaps everything yes untap. Uh, on the beginning of each uh, each turn? yes uh, seedborn muse yes seedborn muse uh, how quite <laughs> forget yes so on the end turn of Anybody really, you just tap it out, pay five X, and pull out Seaborn uh, Muse on the person's untap step. You untap two, so basically you just pull out Seaborn uh, Muse for not really free, but still uh, you pull her out in a situation where it is much needed. You you, you just remember when we talked about race, race the redeem just now. Mm -hmm. Actually, you can put Core Calling within Restoring Deck because Core Calling has Convoke. By the way, we forgot to talk about its effect. Oh, so, yeah, Court of Calling is... I'll let you do it. Alright, let me go find it first. Okay, so, uh, Court of Calling is uh, an instant for X Entry Green. It has Convoke. Convoke is your creatures can help cast this spell. Each creature you tap while casting this spell pays for one generic or one mana of that creature's color and then the ability for this card is search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost x or less and put it onto the battlefield then shuffle your library so 
yeah, like I mentioned before, pay X, get something you need, and you're all set. True. Also, if you're playing in red or... No, usually it's red. If you're playing in red, you could copy the spell. Red or blue. Blue has copies? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have that. Um, what do you call that? Um, that enchantment that does it. I forgot what it's called. Uh, it's, it's a blue one. If I'm not mistaken... Swarm's Intelligence. Yeah, Swarm's Intelligence. Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot. Yeah. So basically, you pay for... Wow. Technically, you could do a lot of damage with this combo. It's still, uh, it's one of those things that... Code of Calling is a much-needed reprint. It hasn't been reprinted, right? It has not yet. Um, by the way, mm-hmm. there's a very interesting combo with a Code of Calling. Oh. With a new, the, the, one of the new commanders from Commander 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, Kalamax. Oh, Kalamax. Yes. Oh. So um, when you're oh. casting the spell, you ca- first off, you declare that you're going to cast the spell. Mm-hmm. Then you tap. Uh, then you tap your mana for it. Then after that, any once it once you tap your mana, you cast the spell. And then, when you cast the spell, since ca- because Calamax has been tapped for convoke, you it can copy the portal calling. For is for it, it copies everything, including the X cost. Yes, it copies everything, including the X cost. But since it says X or less, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter. True. True. But. Um, you get to do uh, activi- uh, ca- cast it twice so I think that's a very good uh, thing for Calamax decks additions to Calamax decks oh, yeah. and I have to correct myself uh, Code of Calling has been re- uh, sorry uh, Code of Calling has been reprinted before uh, the Core 15 was its second reiteration the first one was in Ravnica City of the City of Guilds ah yes because it's yeah Convoke mm-hmm. yeah Celestian Ah, Celestia. Yeah. So, uh, we we got caught of calling. We we didn't really say anything about white, did we? Well, Reese is considered white. Yeah, hybrid, but still. You know, I want Wrath of God because you're playing in a commander game, you really need those uh, board wipes. And Wrath of God is a really good board wipe. It's, I, I'll just read what it says. Wrath of God, uh, two and two white, Sorcery destroy all creatures. They can't be regenerated. So basically, it's a basic board wipe. Nothing so special about it. But it can it prevents regeneration. Yep. But on top of that, it is a four cost uh, board wipe. Usually in the modern age, board wipes are at five, and if they're lower, they have some negatives. Yeah. But uh, since you're talking about board wipes, mm-hmm. uh, white board wipes. Uh, I have another one, mm. which is Ostera Command. Ah, it's yes. four and two white uh, sorcery, and you choose two: uh, destroy all artifacts, or destroy all enchantments, or destroy all creatures with CMC three or less, or destroy creatures with CMC four or greater. It's a much more expensive board white, but it's very selective and versatile. Yes, and versatile. So let's say you have creatures that you want. You want to destroy all creatures. So you just cast Oster Command choosing the CMC 4 and C- or greater and CMC 3 or less. But let's say you have very annoying uh, combo pieces on your opponent's battlefield, which is let's say artifacts or maybe enchantments sometimes. Mm-hmm. You can just choose, I'm going to destroy all the artifacts and enchantments right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Oster Command, in my opinion, very good reprint, much needed. Um, although it has been reprinted a few times in uh, old Commander decks. 
through and also in the recent masters, um, masters, iconic masters, iconic masters. Yes, um, that's not recent anymore. I'm feel old now. <laughs> yeah, but still, it was there. Uh, another card that I really want, and I am glad they have a reprint of it, is Expedition Map. So Expedition uh, Map is a one artifact, sorry, one cost artifact, and the ability is pay two, tap, sacrifice Expedition Map. Search your library for a land card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. So I'm guessing for you guys who are new to the game, are just wondering why do I want this card and why do I like this card? Because here's the thing, you're paying for essentially three to get whatever land you want. And it doesn't come in tap. So that's a positive um, game. It doesn't put in a battlefield. Oh. It puts in your hand. Ah, my bad. Yeah. Well, doesn't. Still okay, my bad. Uh, but it's still good because you can fetch any type of land. Let's say it fetches one of your combo pieces, uh, lands. Let's say the dark, dark depths, uh, Despian stage combo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or Rizuba combo, or maybe even the, what do you call that, um, Cabal Carfers, um, Urbot combo. Urbot, yeah. But so there's a lot. Another one, if you're playing in a monocolor, uh, Nyctos trying to Nyx. So that's another one that you really want. Yep. And there's one more card artifact that I really like. I, it's still expensive, but hopefully I can open it. It's a um, Mana Crypt. Uh, but Mana Crypt is kind of the Holy Grail of the Magic Booster Pack. Well, it does look like a Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, alternate art for it does look really nice. Um, not in my, not not for me though, because it just looks like a cave instead of crypt. See, it's really nice. So you can sell it to a person who really wants it. <laughs> It's really nice. <laughs> well, we'll see. But um, I I predict that Monocrypt will be uh, sought out for a number of reasons. It's a hundred dollars from pre-order on uh, the website we have we checked on. But um, maybe it will go down due to the uh, supply. But who knows? Because like from, uh, each booster is around seventeen dollars oh, USD, yeah. which is around uh, our our LGS is selling fifty ringgit. Oh, still, that hurts. Yeah, lot. it hurts a lot, but we'll see. True, true. I mean, uh, Mana Crypt, uh, you want to read it? Uh, yeah, Mana Crypt. Um, zero mana artifact. Zero. That you have to listen properly. Zero mana. You can play on turn one without any cost. At the beginning of your upkeep, flip coin. If you lose the flip, Mana Crypt deals three damage to you. And then tap, add two colorless to your mana pool. To be honest, the flip a coin thing isn't really that much of a drawback. True, I mean, it depends on what kind of deck you're playing. Yeah. But in all honesty, if it's getting too much for you, just don't use it or destroy it. Yeah, true. It's but nice. still, um, Mana Crypt is one of those cards that CEDH players really, really want because it speeds up the game. On turn one, mm. you could cast yeah. it out true. for free. You play a land, tap a soul ring, then you... String spear. Yeah, you could do that, or you could tap one, cast out a wafer's bauble, and then crack it to search for a yeah. land and put it on the battlefield. You'll be you'll be set for life. That's not C. That's not really. Uh, yeah, no, not really CEDH. But yeah, it's I'm a good EDH card. Yeah. It's a good EDH. Card. But it's really needed in CEDH. Yeah, that's why the price is so high. Yeah, but um, I I what I really like next is also um, reprinted. Well, everything's a reprint right yeah, now. For now. There's no original, right, in the Master set? No. Alright. Um, 
what I really like is Magus of Abyss. Magus of okay. It's a tree and a black human, a creature human wizard. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, destroy target non-artifact creature that player controls of their choice. It cannot be regenerated. And mm. for it's a four tree. So um, Magus of the Abyss is a throwback card. It because it says at the beginning of each player's upkeep, meaning you in one round, you get to destroy, let's say your opponents. One, one creature each of your opponent. Although you have to destroy your own creature because you choose your own creature. Let's say you're making a token deck, you can just destroy one of your tokens. Mm, okay. So why do you want this one? Because it allows me to politic with my opponent. Mm, okay. Although although it's their choice, I have to I have to destroy something of their choice. Okay. I mean, you know, honestly. I was looking at this and people were going gaga over it yeah. and I was like wondering why and then it's kind of a good card and when I checked the availability for it in terms of where you can get it it was in the 2017 Commander it was for the Wizards deck and yeah. I have it and I, I never really used it <laughs> Do you know the World Enchantment? Uh, which one? There, you know about World Enchantments mm-hmm. There's a world enchantment called the Abyss, mm-hmm. and this is the Magus card. Oh, the Mag- uh the the Abyss is a world enchantment for three and black. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, destroy target non-artifact creature that player controls of the choice. It cannot be generated. Ah. so that is just a Magus is just the stick of it. Ah, so basically, it's similar to Magus of the Wheel and yes. so on. Oh, okay, so basically, this is giving players an option to play all those. Uh, what what was they call um, restricted lists? Or? Yeah, cards from cards that are restricted. Um, cards get cards there are on the reserve list. On the reserve list, yes. yes. I totally forgot that. Yeah, but um, also swords are coming back. Oh yeah, I mean one of the swords are coming back. We got no idea if they're going to give all of the other swords. A lot of people are predicting that the other swords will come back, and yeah. I I also predicted that maybe Chalice of the Wood would be reprinted. Hopefully they reprint it, I, so I can get a box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your next favorite card? Well, you were talking about swords, and Swords of War and Peace is kind of a card that I really want because you could put it in the Boros deck and have fun. So um, I'm just going to read what it says. Sword of War and Peace is a three-cost artifact equipment, and mm-hmm. it says the equipped creature gets plus two plus two and has protection from red and white which is kind of dumb in a Boros deck, but the second line is important. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, Sword of War and Peace deals that much trick. Deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards in their hand, and you gain one life for each card in your hand. And then it has a quick two. Ah, yes, the quick cost is two. So, basically, if you're playing... In it's basically what red and white does. Red deals damage, white gains your life. Yes. And if you're playing in... I don't know why I want this, but I really want this because it's an addition in my Firesong and Sunskeeper deck. So, yeah. Well, I, all swords are supposed to be additions to every deck. True. I should, I should say that swords should be staples depending on what you play. Yeah, true. But the thing is, swords haven't been reprinted in a long, long time. Unless you count the new new ones from Modern Horizons. Yeah, but those swords were not great. I think what the Rakdos sword was... The worst. Yeah. It's and the, the worst sword ever. The Azuria sword was passable. Mm, it's passable. Yeah. 
But um, I know why you want this. Why? Uh, because in your in your consciousness, it says war and peace, which is basically <laughs> EDH. Yeah, kind of. But um, in all honesty, for me, I, I w- what I really liked was, and surprised that they reprinted it, was the uh, Urza Lens. Uh, Urza Mine, Urza Power Plant, and Urza Tower. I can now finally play Tron. Yay! So, okay. Um, oh my god. Urza Mine is uh, land Urza Mines. Uh, tap, add one colorless mana to your mana pool. If you control Urza, sorry, if you control an Urza Power Plant and an Urza Tower, uh, add two instead. Uh, Urza Power Plant says uh, tap, add one colorless. If you control Urza Mine and Urza Power Plant, sorry, Tower, uh, add two instead, and so on. Except sorry, uh, Urza Tower says the same thing. Except the, it, you gain three colorless. Ah, so, so uh, one of the <laughs> one of the things for this one is that I've been hunting this down, and I've selected a few cards that I really want, and they're kind of cheap, really. Like they're not super expensive, like how I thought. But they're they a few dollars. Yeah, what, about under two dollars probably. No, uh, around five. Really? No, I, I thought I saw two dollars. If we, if you're oh, buying, it depends it, on the edition. To yeah. be honest. True, but still, uh, is uh, what you would call this is affordable. Yeah. But now that you're no, sorry, but now that it's in the masses pack, uh, one of the thing is how easily available that you're gonna get, and can you get it easily or not? The thing is, uh, they're just commons. But usually with these kind of things, Wizard has this tendency to kind of short print some cards just to make them scarce. I have a friend who's like getting them, getting maybe a crate. Um, mm. I told him to reserve a playset for me oh, each. Cool. And I think that um, the, they also have an alternate art version. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is very nice. It is a panorama with the newest corn, mm. the new reprinted corn. And corn looks like he looks like the Hulk right now. Like, oh wait, you mean corn is one of the panorama. cards in the panorama? Yeah. Oh, it, he is. Oh. I'll show you the art later. Okay, cool. So, I think that corn's art is very nice. A lot of people do not like it. I mm. like it because he reminds me of the Hulk with the well. Professor Hulk in the <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Oh, uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, I count this as an absolute win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I right? So, okay. Um, going beyond that, right? Some of the cards I'm seeing here, there's promos. And how, how do you get those promo cards? Because one of the cards inside the promo set are Wrath of God. Gods and Court of Calling. You have to go to pre-release. Mm-hmm. In your local game shop, they will organize a pre-release if they have enough people. But that is only if they have enough people. Okay. And how gamble? I want to check it out. Um, because there are more than one promo. There's uh, actually um, since it ends the how do I say alternate arts mm-hmm. and at three seven two, mm-hmm. and these two promos uh, the Wrath of God promo start at three eight three three eight three and and calling three eight four. I think there's more than two of these promos that haven't been released yet. Maybe? There could be more. So I'm thinking maybe it's just a random one like the Battlebond pre-release. Mm. And hopefully we do it like the Battlebond pre-release we did last time. Oh. Uh, you remember? I wasn't there but Battlebond uh, was a good set. Yes. 
And uh, talking about Battleborn, right? They have the uh, the the green card doubling thing, uh, doubling season. Yeah. Yeah, they, it was in there too. <laughs> yeah. So I think they'll do the same pre-release. So fingers crossed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's another card that is a very good exploration. Ah, yes. Exploration, something that commander players have been waiting for. Uh, exploration is one is a one green mana of enchantment. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. And I think that's a very good card. Yeah, and the uh, what do we call this? Uh, it hasn't been reprinted since uh, when was this again? Uh, conspiracy and conspiracy was quite a, a few years ago. Yeah. I haven't started playing Magic in conspiracy. You know, I only started at Kaladesh, which is like quite recent. Yeah. Um, it was 2014 and beyond that wow. it was in Urza Saga that's a long time bro yeah but I think that's all I think again I, I like about the well Karn liberated yeah. but we all know what Karn is yeah and it's currently to wait we're recording this on the 23rd of July, July. yeah I so, so so we haven't sorry we don't have all of the lists out yet Maybe we get something awesome like another Ugin. <laughs> uh, I don't think they will reprint Ugin. <laughs> yeah, most, I know. Just most yeah. probably they will reprint Chalice of the World. Or maybe Chalice of Alara, maybe, right? Because well, Chal will need to cross our fingers. Yeah. But they actually have cards from all three formats um, Legacy, Modern, Commander, all three Eternal formats. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a good, that's a good, that's a good um, point for people because I. Like, Card, the availability of the cards will increase and they are also reprinting some of the unstable lands and the Zendikar full art lands in a different type of border as yeah, well yeah yeah and yeah mo- uh, previously masters don't really do uh, basic lands because basic lands are kind of well some players don't really care for basic lands they just put in whatever is they have yeah, but cool. some players like me I, I like to put all of my lens the same type of lens if uh, if possible uh, I'm, I'm not that OCD yet so <laughs> I, 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 I use them if they are full art like the Theros ones uh-huh. or maybe the uh, Zendikar and our Devastation ones yeah but yeah still um, the basic lens here are I, I won't say I don't know I mean some people hate them some people like them and it's all towards your preference as well yeah but the idea is this basic lens will be taking up a slot in the land slot instead of putting this but you know you 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 could do worse you could put in one of those bounce lands oh bounce lands yeah I mean they're all over the place now you buy a commander brick on you get them yep so I think that's about it um, besides the price and whatnot in all honesty if you are interested in having a great time, having a great experience playing the game and, you know, just playing a pack. Um, if I'm not mistaken, pre-release is done in a seal format? Um, usually. Alright, seal format. So, that be, yeah, join if possible. Uh, you buy three packs, you get one pack for entry and then if you win, you get another two packs if you're lucky. If you're lucky, you'll get to win. It, de- it depends on which... Um, format the shop wants to do yeah. yeah which format the shop wants to do first and which shop you go to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so let's say you're in Johor you can come that come by you can take a take a look at our shop come and play with us even if you don't want to play the pre-release you can come and play with us in EDH 
I can play play standard with you. I can play modern with you. He'll play EDH with you. Yes, I, I'm only EDH. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, I'm building my legacy deck, so um, fingers crossed that I will play with you until we get there. So uh, I don't think we. I don't think there's much to touch on for this topic. Yeah. So let's move on to our next segment. Yep. Uh, so next segment will be combo of the day. Do you have anything in mind? Uh, the combo of the day is the Ilhard Mendomai combo. Ooh, so that yeah. <laughs> so actually, I um, when you mentioned the Ilhard Mendomai combo, I was like, oh no, I have to, another combo. I have to think of another combo. But then I'm like, I was like, well, I can still use it. Yeah, please use it, man. Like, yeah. uh, so for those who do not know what um the Ilhard Mendomai combo is, so it's essentially this: if you have a Jeskai uh deck, you cast Ilhard. And then you attack with him maybe in the next turn or maybe you, if you, if you can give him haste, mm-hmm. you attack with him, and with his trigger ability, when he whenever Ilhar attacks, you may put a creature card from your hand into the onto the battlefield tapped and attacking, uh, and and bring return it back to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. So if you attack with Medomai and it hits your opponent, you may activate its ability, which it says it, it, it triggers an ability whenever Medomai hit. Uh, deals combat damage to an opponent. Uh, you may put metal my, a you may have an extra turn, and then at the beginning of an end step, you return it back to your hand with Ilhar's ability, and then you go to the next turn and you attack with Ilhar again, and then you put metal my down again. Yeah, and it, so there's the loop. And Ilhar is the Hellraiser boy, right? Um, yeah. Alright. He he's a, the gruel's god. Yeah. And something about um Ilhar is that it. Because Medomai has a tri- ability that says Medomai cannot attack during extra turns, Ilhark has this ability that res- um, jumps over that restriction because yeah. it directly makes it attacking. Yeah, it, it forces Medomai to attack. Yes. So it bypassed its restriction. Yes, which 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 is why a lot I see a lot of Jeskai decks playing it. Yeah. In casual Jeskai decks. Yeah, in all honesty, Ilhark is too high to cast on its own and it's too mm. slow true um, but Ilhark is a good card for casual play yeah yeah like I could I could cast it on turn 3 mm. attack with turn 4 infinite turn true 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 so anyway um, that's a wrap so if you have any questions concerns or suggestions for the show you can contact us at thegatewatchcast at gmail.com yes mm. we have an email yes and also please subscribe and rate us on iTunes YouTube don't forget to press the bell icon to stay up to date yeah uh, links are in the show notes and yeah um, that's about it so be sure to like subscribe and share with, uh, share with all your friends remember uh, we thank you for supporting us and watching the show we really like it to we really like to make this kind of content so if you want to show us some support you may um, just email us like he said mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so anything else you want to add Oh, well, if you're in the Johor Bahru area, come down to Alexandria Bookstore. Over here, there's a lot of awesome players. There's a lot of things. Uh, we talked to Adam last week. And yeah, come down and just have fun, man. Like, this place is a really awesome place and a safe place for players wanting to learn and just have fun and relax. The important thing is to relax. So anyway, I have been Norman Sanzo. And I'm Wilson. And we'll guys see you next week with another fun episode of the Gatewatch Cast. See ya. See ya.